This two words New Zealanders are going to get used to hearing over the next few years is managed retreat. We have to understand where communities can be made more resilient, where we can do things to the infrastructure so they can stay where they are, and other communities and neighbourhoods where actually we have to accept it's no longer appropriate. What could coastal cities of the future look like? There are a lot more options than you might think. But achieving these futures will require reframing the conversation around managed retreat. Managed retreat is the purposeful movement of people, buildings, and other infrastructure away from areas vulnerable to flooding, sea level rise, or other climate change hazards. Using this approach strategically can open the door to new possibilities, to floating cities, elevated cities, consolidated cities, or some other creative combination. By adding managed retreat to our adaptation toolkit, we can pave the way for more creative solutions today as we plan for tomorrow. Questions loom over who will foot the bill of New Zealand's climate adaptation plan. The government's unveiled a framework for dealing with the impact of rising seas, increasing heat and extreme weather. It will outline plans for abandoning areas no longer safe to live in and a funding model for the transition. to nwczradio.com channel one's down the rabbit hole it is time again for another midweek edition and i am your host big d for this midweek edition thanks so much for tuning in i want to thank everybody right off the bat for all the great emails we've been receiving lately great topic suggestions questions about past episodes and i will have to say some <laughs> Some of the questions go way back. So it's taken me a little while to go back through some of our old episodes and getting to specific answers as far as like names of people and um, links and so forth. And hopefully they're still in my archives. But for those of you who have emailed in and have not gotten a reply back yet, I'm working on it and I will get to you ASAP. But I do want to thank you for your inquiry, and a lot of great questions in there, too. So you can always email us at downtherh at protonmail.com, downtherh at protonmail.com. We have a whole other conversation about things going on over there. And we always answer uh, emails. So you'll get either Brandon or I on that. And if you have a specific question to either of us, just address it to one or the other. Otherwise, it's kind of a randomizer thing as to which of us sees the email first and gets out the first response. Today, we are going to talk about something that goes back into a lot of the topics that we've been talking about here on the Midweek Edition with me specifically. We talk a lot about things that are coming, current events, things that are happening that sort of fit into this narrative of where the World Economic Forum the UN, the Agenda 2025 or 2030, the Club of Rome, Club of Growth, where they're a Bilderberg group, where they're all trying to take us. 
And in a lot of ways, they do not want us to know. So they either make up stuff, they lie about it, or they simply just bury it into a lot of their writings and their blogs and and their websites. And it's, it's not front page news, I'll just say. And it should be. Because what we're going to talk about today is, I believe, an answer to questions that a lot of us have had as we've been talking about many of these things. And one in particular, we've talked a lot about how they want you out of your car. There's a war against food, and we know about Bill Gates buying up farmland, the war against the Dutch farmers. Now, apparently, rice is a problem for the environment, and everything's a problem. And so their answer is to sustainable food or insects and all that nonsense. The other thing we've talked about are how they want you out of your cars. They want you into these little micro cities, these 15-minute cities. And a question that I get a lot is, how are they going to do this? We've talked about the, the big wall city that they're building over in Saudi Arabia or somewhere over there. And how they are setting up 15-minute cities in different parts of the world, and a lot of cities have signed on to this concept. But how are they going to get rural people and people who don't live in the city into these control centers, which is what they eventually will be? We've talked about social credit score system. We've talked about surveillance. talked about how everything's going to be oh so convenient, but in reality, it's a trap. And they are going to control everything. They don't want you to own anything. You're just supposed to be happy and let the government be your guide on everything. So this is one of the questions that has plagued me and I think several of you, because I've heard from a lot of you saying, well, this all sounds nefarious and it sounds plausible, but how are they going to get people who live out in the country or people who have land or people who live on generational farms and all these different places, how are they going to get them to buy into this and or move them into these control centers? And I believe I found the answer. And I think there are several different ways they're going to go about this, but this is their concept. And I'm going to take you right down to where it all started, who's behind it, and what their plan is. But as usual, it all sounds very innocuous. It sounds like it's a government program, and it's here to help people. We're going to help people through crisis. We're going to help people through the climate crisis, through floods, through hurricanes, and through typhoons, and through you know, all these different things. And it's just we're, just, we're here to educate you you may not know any better. We figured it out, Mr. Big Government and Miss Big Government, and we just need you to see the light, and we're, we're going to pay for it. And the term that is being bantied about is managed retreat. And that is what we're going to talk about in depth today. You are going to hear a lot about this. In fact, there's a lot of stuff out there about it. Lots and lots of articles, lots of news clips, but you're not hearing it unless you're in that circle. And we actually have a country that I believe is a 
test case for this entire program. And we will also get to that. So without further ado, let's get into managed retreat. What is managed retreat? If you go to any number of websites that are talking about managed retreat, they all have pretty much the same definition of managed retreat. I happen to be on psu.edu, and I think they let the cat out of the bag more than most. And it says managed retreat or managed realignment is a coastal management strategy that allows the shoreline to move inland instead of attempting to hold the line with structural engineering. At the same time, natural coastal habitat is enhanced seaward of a new line of defense. In many cases of managed retreat, human develop is moved out of harm's way and natural areas are restored to enhance their ecosystems. So that sounds all okay. It's like, well, if you're too close to the coastline and you, they, they believe that the coastline is being eroded away, you've moved too close and you, you're going to have to get out of there because of floods and because of hurricanes and so forth, which they're all blaming on climate change, by the way, not just natural disasters. None of this is natural. This is all man-made disasters. And so therefore, you are a byproduct of your own disaster. So we got to get you out of there because you helped cause this. But the devil's in the details. Because when you get down into the components of managed retreat, may include coastal planning, and that's where they're starting. With most of this, this is where they're starting, is that people who live too close to the coast are in the paths of these hurricanes and cyclones and typhoons and tidal waves, and we got to get them out of there. That's where it's starting. Another component is relocation and buyback and buyout programs. Also, regulating types of development allowed, designating no-build areas, habitat restoration, replacement of built environment with green space. These are all talking points of Agenda 2025, Agenda 2030, sustainability, giving the earth back to its natural state and getting man out of the way. And what they're talking about is essentially moving people away from the coast. However, when you get into, as we get further into this, you're going to see that it's basically anywhere that the government decides is a problem based on climate change. And it is spread out to rural areas, farmlands, anybody who lives by a river or a creek, anybody who lives basically outside of what they call a sustainable city. And we're going to get into all of that as well. So that's where I wanted to start with this managed retreat. Basically, by any means necessary, we'll buy you out. We'll basically say you can't build there. They'll consider it a no-build area. They will say, well, no, now this is a habitat restoration area, so you're going to have to move out. And they can do this in a myriad of ways. If the government is deciding any of these areas... They can do it through eminent domain, especially here in the United States, and I'm sure you've heard of that. If they're building a highway or if they're building a state or federal building and you happen to have land or a house or something that's in the way, let's say they're building a light rail or whatever, they will come through and say, we're coming through this neighborhood and we're willing to buy your property from you at what they consider to be a fair market value. 
you say yes or no. But if you say no, then the pressure's on. And they will start taxing you out. They will force you out. They will go to court to get you out. Or they'll just claim eminent domain, which means they have to have it. And they'll just take over. They can also deem it government land. Uh, I also know here in the United States, through the Corps of Engineers, they can just come in and say, well, this is a Corps of Engineer land. We're going to have to restructure it. And there's lots of ways they can do it. But what they're really hammering right now is this managed retreat. Well, where did this all start with? Well, I think you'll be nonetheless surprised that it started with the World Economic Forum. They're the ones who invented the term managed retreat. And if you go to their website, they have many, many forums, many, many articles written about this managed retreat. In fact, one of them from December 14th, 2022, how much has been spent already to retreat from rising seas? And this says this managed retreat from rising sea levels is, is increasingly common. And it goes through basically saying that we're all doomed and we're going to have to get everybody out. Washington State is really involved in this and they're looking at moving people away from different areas and also in Hawaii and they're really concentrating on certain areas that they deem non-livable. And so therefore, they're working with these places, the World Economic Forum is, to come in and move people out, and it's expensive. Also, if you go to Georgetown Law, they have a page called Managed Retreat Toolkit. And in this, they have practice tips, priority and overarching practice tips for funding managed retreat. So here are their bulletin points. Leverage and combine funding and in-kind support from multiple sources to support different components of comprehensive managed retreat strategy over time. Also, create sustainable state and local funding sources and other revenue streams for climate adaptation and managed retreat. And the last one is evaluate new opportunities to finance managed retreat strategies. They go on to talk about how in Harris County, in Texas, there's a flood area that they're moving people out. In California, more than 144,000 acres of rural land have been conserved and protected. And in Washington, more than 2,400 potential dwelling units have been re relocated to rural and urban areas. I like this line too. It says federal and state agencies and regional entities can play important roles in helping resource disadvantaged or constrained communities overcome informational and educational barriers to learning about applying for and administering this managed retreat. And that's the approach they're taking is that they are going to have to explain it to you because you're too dumb to understand it. I know that you've lived there for a long time. It's maybe even generational land. It could have owned to your grandpa, your great-grandpa. It's been in your family for years, but you're just in the wrong area, you know? I mean, your family could have been living there for 100 years or more, but that doesn't matter because we have deemed it uninhabitable, and it needs to go back to basically Mother Earth. And as a result we are going to need to move you into a sustainable area or a city or some, something, some place that we're setting up that we deem 
is a safe and resilient city. These are their terms, not mine. According to Politico, they wrote an opinion piece in 2020 titled The Case for Managed Retreat. According to them, millions of Americans are about to lose their homes to climate change. In a matter of decades, more than half of the land area of Hoboken, New Jersey, almost half of Galveston, Texas, and almost two-thirds of Miami Beach, Florida, will become uninhabitable, according to them. As a result, what once seemed like a far-fetched scenario, asking Americans to move away from homes in climate-impacted areas, has become percolating into the mainstream. According to Andrew Yang, we should obviously be paying to relocate Americans from places that are being hit by climate change. According to them, the situation is perhaps most acute and unavoidable on the coast. In the next few decades, millions of Americans whose cities may literally fall into the ocean will need to relocate inland. So how does this all work? Well, what the government does is they decide when something is a disaster. And in the wake of this disaster, see, ask yourself if this sounds familiar. There's a disaster. The government rushes in, declares it a disaster, and then offers the solution. But the only solution they're offering, the one you have to take, otherwise they're not going to help you, is we need you to move out of here. Now we're, And they're going to pay for it, and they're going to relocate you, and you just have to abandon that home. Crisis and solution by the ones who are dictating the outcome. And it's not to help you, it's to help them. And this is what's happening here. According to the Environment New Zealand, managed retreat, what is it and when it might be used? According to this article, around 750,000 New Zealanders and 500,000 Buildings worth more than $145 billion are near rivers and in coastal areas already exposed to extreme flooding. New Zealand is an island. The whole thing is surrounded by water. So everything is water. But according to them, everything is an extreme flood risk. Also, there are a number of major urban centers, sites of cultural importance and so forth that are at risk. So what do they have to do? They got to move people into these cities. It will enable people to relocate their houses, activities, and sites of cultural significance away from risk areas within a planned period. And in my opinion, and I think we're going to see this, in my opinion, New Zealand has become the test case for this managed retreat. Because New Zealand, and this is nothing on the people of New Zealand, although all these politicians that are involved in this somehow got elected. And so I assume that's by the people of New Zealanders, but we know how that works. But in New Zealand's political world, it is overrun by people from the young global leaders of the World Economic Forum, from United Nations members, members from all of their programs, and they are all pushing this agenda on the poor people of New Zealand. And they are just, they're not slowing down. Just as we saw in COVID with Jacinda Ardern and all of her nonsense about how the government is absolute truth, trust them, don't listen to anybody else, and we're going to lock everybody down, we're going to draconian measures, it's all for your own good, we're here to save you. This is now happening with climate change and managed retreat. 
According to this, August 3rd, 2022, New Zealand's government on Wednesday released its first ever climate adaptation plan, which includes the possibility of moving some communities to higher ground. It's a six-year plan that runs nearly 200 pages. This plan also aims to make granular climate change data more widely accessible, which in some cases could impact insurance rates and property prices, which is another tool they're going to use to force you into this plan. If you don't go willingly, if you're not buying into their system, their backup plan is to tax you out of your place, make insurance impossible, especially if you live on the coast or you live by water, they're not going to insure you. You're in any kind of a floodplain, according to them. However, this isn't going to apply to, in my opinion, Bill Gates, the Obamas, and all the other rich people who all have oceanfront properties. The other thing that they're working on in a lot of these villages, because there are businesses, there are hotels, there are stores, it's vacation spots. What they are working on doing is getting mom and pop businesses out they want mom and pop businesses out, so they're going to force them to relocate through this managed retreat, and they're going to allow certain amount of businesses, certain amount of hotels, and certain amount of Airbnbs or whatever it is, whatever the business is, to stay there, but it will be dictated by the government who gets to keep them. Do you wonder... Who will be able to get to keep those? Do you think it's going to be the mom and pop business or is it going to be their buddy buds in big business? Just a thought. According to website, The Conversation, they have a headline, Managed Retreat, Done Right Can Reinvent Cities So They're Better for Everyone and Avoid Harm from Flooding, Heat, and Fires. So see, they're going to save you from all of that. There will be, of course, no flooding. There will be no heat problems and no fires in these cities according to this managed retreat could involve turning streets into canals and coastal cities can mean purchasing and demolishing flood prone properties to create open space for stormwater parks some cases managed retreat may involve building denser more affordable housing that's designed to stay cool while leaving open spaces for recreation or agriculture that can also reduce heat and absorb storm water it affects numerous people the residents who re who relocate their neighbors who remain in the communities where they move, and each may be affected differently. According to Climate Wire, managed retreat, unpopular, expensive, and not going away. According to this article and David Ravel of Ravel Coastal, managed retreat is the only thing that makes sense in the long run because we can't hold back the ocean. And this is just where it's starting. We'll get into where they start talking about how this is going to also affect farmland, rural people, Basically, anybody who's outside of the cities they want us in. According to preventionweb.net, June 21st, 2021, managed retreat from climate disasters can reinvent cities so they're better for everyone. According to this article, at its simplest, managed retreat can be a lifeline for families who are tired of the emotional and financial stress of rebuilding after floods or fires, but who cannot afford to sell their homes at a loss or don't want to sell and put another family at risk. So you have a twofold solution for these World Economic Forum, BlackRock. They can buy your home, which you don't want to sell, but according to them, you're tired of having to rebuild. The insurance companies are tired of rebuilding your home because of fires and floods and so forth. So they'll buy your home. So now they own the home, 
and they get you out. And where do you have to relocate to? You have to relocate into one of these urban transformation cities. According to greenbiz.com, how managed retreat from climate change could revitalize rural America. According to this article, global climate change presents an immediate problem. Millions of people worldwide will be at risk from sea levels rise over the next few generations. And what's the solution? Move people from at-risk places into nearby cities. This presents an opportunity for some rural areas to encourage new residents to move in. So if they can't get you out of the rural areas, they're going to build these cities in the rural areas. This is the plan. And move everybody from the coastal regions, from the rivers, from any kind of body of water, whether it's a lake, stream, anything, into these cities. And they see the rural area as part of the solution. Or we're going to get you out of the rural area and into these cities as well because your rural area is a problem. According to them, managed retreat is a proactive concept. It involves rebuilding in safer locations before disaster hits. So Before it hits. So if they come knock on your door and they say, you know, we think a disaster may hit here at some point. We need you to move. Uh, well, you're just supposed to listen to them. You're just supposed to trust the government. In my opinion, if we all knew the reality of what's coming, what's coming our way, what they're up to with all of this stuff and why they're doing it, we would fight it with everything we have. We would do everything we can to prevent it. And those of us who know, we should. This is why the World Economic Forum, world and local governments, they either don't want you to know about it, so they bury it into all of these articles, or they'll lie to you about it and tell you it's going to help you. It's all for your good. Managed retreat is basically a relocation of rural and coastal dwellers into smart city locations. That's what's happening here. As I've said, I think New Zealand, and I think there are other pockets around the world as well. I'm not picking on New Zealand, but New Zealand sticks out like a sore thumb because they recently passed this climate adaptation plan, and they are all in on this managed retreat. They want to get everybody off the coast. They want to get everybody away from water. And they, Where else are you going to go in New Zealand? Well, you're going to have to go to the city. And this is by design. According to this climate adaptation plan, the government basically determines the severity of a problem, whether it's a natural disaster or it's erosion or whatever is going on. They come in and they determine how severe it is. And based on their determination of the severity of it, they can take whatever action they deem necessary, which includes moving you out taking over your home, taking over your block, your business, whatever it is you have, taking over and saying, you're out, nobody can be here, and we're just going to shut this whole thing down. There is an interesting individual in New Zealand. His name is James Shaw, and he is the co-leader of the Green Party, and this is what he had to say about the whole thing. I have to say that as I stand here today, I'm, I, I struggle to find words to uh, express um, what I'm thinking and feeling about this uh, particular crisis. I don't think I've ever felt as sad or as angry about the lost decades that we spent bickering and arguing about whether climate change was real or not, 
whether it was caused by humans or not, whether it was bad or not, whether we should do something about it uh, or not, because it is clearly uh, here now. Uh, and if we do not act, it will get worse. I have to say, um, I've been recalling actually a, a quote from a, a different time about a different crisis. The era of procrastinations, uh, of half measures, of soothing and baffling expedients, of delays is coming to its close. In its place, we are entering a period of consequences. And there will be people who say, you know, just as the National Rifle Association in the United States does about shootings over there, it's too soon uh, to talk about these things, but we are standing in it right now. This is a climate change related uh, event. We need to stop making excuses for inaction. We cannot put our heads in the sand when the beach is flooding. We must act now. So I played that clip because I found it extremely interesting on several notes. First of all, it's always a crisis. It's always immediate. It's always right now. In fact, we're past that point. We're past it. We're into the consequences phase. And we got to do something right now. We should have done it yesterday. We didn't do it. And now here we are. And notice the evoking of the NRA, which has absolutely nothing to do with what he's talking about. But he knows it is a hot topic. And it is something that people are passionate about for or against. And so he evokes the NRA in talking about what? Climate change and this whole climate adaptation plan. Well, who is this James Shaw? So I had to look into this guy. Is he a scientist? Was he a university professor? Is he some sort of oceanographer or... Was he a weatherman? Like, what are his credentials on knowing so much about climate change and being all behind this climate adaptation plan? Well, no, James Shaw, turns out, has a business background. He was not a scientist. In fact, he worked for Hong Kong Bank, among many other banks, Price Waterhouse Cooper, who, if you don't know who they are, they make money for those who already have money. That's a, an elite group that makes money for the elite. Also worked for several pharmaceutical companies. Big surprise there. He's also aligned with the AIESES. Well, who is that? AIESEC is an international program. It's a non-governmental, non-for-profit program that works hand-in-hand with the United Nations Economic and Social Council and also UNESCO. It's headquartered in Canada. And it's an acronym for a, a French, <laughs> French name that I'm not going to attempt. But basically, in English, it's the International Association of Students in Economics and Business. It is all about peace and fulfillment of human, humankind's potential. That's what that's about. And so he is part of UNESCO. He's part of the United Nations. Also in putting together the UN Agenda 2030 and so forth. Another thing that happened in New Zealand was there was a cyclone, Cyclone Gabriel, that hit. And New Zealand immediately came out and said there were 750,000 people who were in jeopardy and needed to rethink and possibly relocate due to this cyclone. 
because it was causing flooding and it was causing the seas to rise and everything. The interesting thing is, is that flooding and cyclones are two different things. A cyclone is not something that is caused by climate change. And yes, there might be flooding as a result of it, but it isn't a permanent flood. It's not a permanent sea change. It's a freak of nature. It's something that does happen. By all accounts, and I looked into it, there, it's um, Napier is specifically where they were talking about. And I've never been to New Zealand, so I was looking, this at, looking at this on a map and reading some post-Gabriel reports. And according to all reports, I think it's, everything's back to normal now. The sea is back to where it should be, where it's always been. Nobody seems to be too alarmed by it. But the government, of course, has made this a major issue because a cyclone came in and there was some flooding. Well, that happens all over the world. You get hurricanes, you get cyclones, and they're going to try to tell you that this is way more common now than it has been. That's not true. It's not true at all. This is hitting all kinds of countries, though. Again, I don't want to pick on New Zealand, but New Zealand seems to be the test case. And I'll get back to them in a moment as to why I believe that. But here's World Economic Forum Intelligence Inside Climate News. Maui has begun the process of managed retreat. And it wants nearly 300 miles of coastline. They claim are threatened with the sea level rise and they want everybody to move out and they want big oil to pay for it. Canada has just cursory search, Canada, managed retreat, pages and pages and pages of Canada using this. Here in the United States also, California, parts of Texas, almost anywhere along the coastlines, they're talking about managed retreat. So this is something that's going on all over the world. Very, very few are talking about it, but it is entrenched in government they're talking about it they're making laws with the effect of it they are the ones who are taking the diktats from the global elites such as the world economic forum rockefeller foundation all these groups and they are starting to implement these things not with the vote of the people but it's because they know better they know better than anybody else According to Security Policy Law, this is an article titled Professor Mark Nevitt on Climate Adaptation and How Do We Manage Manage Retreat. Climate change will increasingly require both homeowners and policymakers to accept sobering realities that we must move away from our most vulnerable communities. According to this, we are entering the climate security century as climate change massively destabilizes the physical environment. To meet this physical destabilization, existing laws, regulations, and policies, all designed for a more stable environment, are similarly ripe for destabilization. As we better understand climate change's effects, federal, state, and local governments must look at full, fresh eyes at a full menu of climate policies and regulatory tools at our disposal. And he goes on to say, Basically, what I've been telling you, here are a whole bunch of ways where you can get people out of these areas and get them to what they're calling resilient cities, sustainable cities, smart cities. This according to stuff. 
Owners of flood-hit West Auckland homes told Manage Retreat is the only option. Hundreds of owners of West Auckland homes inundated in the Auckland Anniversary Day flooding launched a petition for a government-funded Manage Retreat at an emotional meeting on Saturday. Manage Retreat is the only option. According to them, we believe that a fair and equitable process must be established to identify the most flooded affected homes for buyout, for retreat on a voluntary basis. Around the region, we have roughly 50,000 properties in a 100-year floodplain, he said. And then according to them, around 10% of those were flooded, and so we've got to move everybody out. And then they're, they're wondering, you know, how are they going to do this? According to one quote, we are very, very much in dire straits. We don't have much time to wait. That's why we're asking for urgent managed retreat. And so there you go. Managed retreat has become the catch-all, the buzzword. This is how we're going to deal with everything moving forward. Anytime there's a problem, anytime there's climate change issue, anytime there's a out-of-control weather situation, and this is where it's going to hit the rural areas. You're going to get twisters. You live in a tornado alley. You live in a twister alley. We're tired of rebuilding your home. We don't want to put a roof back on it. We're going to either stop insuring you. You're not going to be able to get insurance out there. So you're on your own if you decide to go it on your own. Or we will pay you off and you can move into a pre-approved area. And the term they're using in this is resilient cities. First of all, I want to say we have talked about the 15-minute cities. Well, now there's even going down more. We have the 15-minute, the 10-minute cities, and now the 5-minute cities. This, this is how crazy it's getting. And people have caught on to this. That cat's gotten out of the bag, so a lot of people are on to them about this 15-minute city idea, so they have switched the language. They flipped it to resilient cities. Resilient cities, according to... Beehive.gov New Zealand. First ever climate adaptation plan lays foundations for resilient communities. And according to this, New Zealand's first national adaptation plan launched today will ensure communities have the information and support they need to prepare for the impacts of climate change. New Zealand's one of the first countries in the world to put into law the globally agreed target to limit global warming. And then it goes on to talk about how we're going to try to move everybody into these resilient cities. And basically, your resilient city is a smart city. It's, they're, they're, they're the same thing. It's just a different term. But where did this resilient cities actually start? There we go to the Rockefeller Foundation. And this is what you really need to know. Who's behind the curtain here? And it is the Rockefeller Foundation. According to the RockefellerFoundation.org, 100 resilient cities, helping cities around the world become more resilient to physical, social, and economic shocks and stresses. And as the writing of this, 100 cities have been selected for the network, although they had thousands apply. So they're setting up the system. They're going to get it perfected before they launch it nationwide. $160 million in effort to build urban resiliencies around the world. According to them, more than 1,000 cities have applied and 100 cities have been selected to join the network. Also, according to this, the Rockefeller Foundation announced an $8 million commitment to continue supporting the work of chief resilient officers and member cities within the 100 Resilient City Network. And according to urbanintelligence.com, 
we have the 10-minute city. It says the 5, 10, and 15-minute city is all about living locally, giving people the ability to meet most of their everyday needs within a 5, 10, or 15-minute walk or a scooter, cycle, or public transportation trip of their home. According to this, the concept gained a lot of attention in recent news. Therefore, we have evaluated all of New Zealand's medium to major urban areas to understand how residents currently access education, healthcare, green space, recreation, food, and other essential services. And it says you can use our interactive app below to explore the community that you, your parents, or your friends live in or may live within in the future. And does it meet your needs? The councils for New Zealand and abroad are striving for inclusive, healthy, safe, resilient, low emission futures, and so forth. And according to McKinsey.com, smart city resilience, digitally empowering cities to survive, adapt, and thrive. According to 100 Resilient Cities, the initiative dedicated to helping cities become more physically, socially, and economically resilient in the coming future. And once again, it is all about this 10, 5, 15-minute city. That's all it is. It's just a replacement of the term. And the reason, one of the reasons I believe that New Zealand is a test case for this is because every single medium to major sized city in New Zealand has signed up for this. Just like the article said, we've evaluated all of New Zealand's medium to major urban areas and they've all agreed to join in on this process. So as you can see, this is what's coming. This is how they are going to attempt to bring everybody into these smart cities, these 15-minute cities, these controlled centers, which if, you don't, if you're not familiar with what a 15-minute city is, go back and listen to my episode on that. And there's lots of articles and there's lots of people who have talked about the 15-minute city, which is why they've changed the term now, which is why they're trying to rebrand it because everybody's kind of caught on to what they're doing with the social credit score, surveillance, lockdowns for climate change, you can't drive your car anywhere. It all sounds, oh, so convenient. Everything's just a quick walk, quick bicycle ride, quick bus ride. Oh, you want to go to the other side of town? Well, that's going to cost you. Or you can't go because you've eaten too much meat or because you've, your social credit score is too low. It is the ultimate tool of big government, of the global elite, of the World Economic Forum. It's their dream scenario to control every single thing you do, every single thing you look at, read, listen to, buy, where you go, introduce the digital dollar, digital currency, and then they control every single thing. There's nothing that you can do without them knowing. They'll control the internet, they'll control and monitor your movement, and we see this in China. China is already there. I was watching a video the other day where it's so crazy in certain parts of China, when you go to a public bathroom, you have to step up to a facial recognition reader in order for a certain amount of toilet paper to come out. There's, just, there's not just toilet paper sitting by the toilet. You have to go walk up to a facial recognition reader 
it reads your face, it knows you're there, and it distributes whatever amount it deems necessary. And that's all you get. Tough luck. Everywhere they go in certain parts of China is monitored and observed and logged and used for or against the citizens. You can be locked out of everything or you can gain certain privileges if you're a good citizen, but it is all at the behest of somebody watching you, somebody determining your moves, your motive, your thoughts, everything. And so I believe, in my opinion, this is where we're headed to get people who are resisting this into those cities. It's going to take time, and so therefore that buys us time to resist this. You need to reshape the way you think about how you vote. It is no longer Republican versus Democrat or wherever you're at, party versus party. You are now going to have to do a lot of research about who it is on the ballot, who they are, what they do, who they're associated with, what their plans are, you need answers to those questions before you vote anybody in, wherever you're at. It's not about a party anymore. It's about the individuals. You need to vote these people out who are behind this stuff, vote people out who are young global leaders from the World Economic Forum, anybody associated with the UN, anybody who's pushing this climate change, anybody who's pushing this managed retreat, anybody pushing smart cities, they all must go because they're doing this with our permission. You vote somebody in like this, they're not coming back to the citizens and saying, this is our idea, how do you feel about it? No, what they're in turn saying is, you put me here because I represent you and I know by you putting me here, this is what you want and therefore we're doing it. And then when you push back, they say, hey, you put me here. And this is what, and they'll make up phony numbers. This is what 70% of the population wants. 60% uh, is behind this. There's, oh, yeah, there's a few distractors here or there. But they're, they're crazy fringe lunatics. They're way out there. They're ultra this or ultra that. It is all a game. And these people must go. Just like we learned during COVID, who was who? Who was talking about great resets? Who was pushing vaccine mandates, who was pushing masks, who was pushing not being able to work, who were these people? They should all be voted out. They should all be held accountable. And it's funny if you're watching the news to watch these guys and ladies all running for cover now because what they said, as we told you at the time, were all lies, not based in science, not based in anything. And now the truth is coming around to hit them, and they're all trying to dance off what they said during the time. Fauci's one of them, Randy Weingarten, people all over the world, Justin Trudeau. Everyone's claiming, hey, I didn't say that. I never mentioned that. That wasn't me. I wasn't for lockdowns. I didn't force anybody to get a shot. On and on and on. We were there. Do not let them gaslight you. And that's exactly what they're doing with this stuff. Ah, 15 minutes. That's just a thing. It's just a concept. It's just an idea. Don't worry about it. Now, there's no, no, nah, there's not going to be any lockdowns for climate change. That, that's a myth. Somebody leaked it out, and it was just we were just banting it about, but it was nobody serious about that. 
They say this stuff all the time while they're doing it. And at the heart of it is the Rockefeller Foundation, the World Economic Forum, the Club for Growth, the Bilderberg Group, all these groups that we've been telling you about for years now who plan this stuff, fund this stuff, and the ultimate goal is to enslave all of us little people so that they can run the rest of the planet and enjoy it. You think they're going to sell their beachfront properties? No, they're going to buy the rest of it up. You think they're going to just let rural farmland and beautiful mountains and the valleys just go back to Mother Nature? No, they're going to buy it up. They're going to run it. They're going to be their playgrounds. They need you and me out of there. That's what this is all about. The stinking little people. Well, there's a lot more of us than them. And we cannot tolerate this. We must fight back on this. And there are many, many ways we can do that. You can refuse to move. Get your community together. Inform them as to what this plan ultimately is about. Do not let them gaslight you. Do not let them lie to you. Find out who these people are. Expose them to your friends. Expose them to your communities. Expose them to your area. So that your area and the people around there, if they like living there, just everybody refuse. No, nope, we're not going. What are they, uh, and if they send the bulldozers, stand in front of them. Do not let them do this to us. I live out in the country. By choice. I've lived in the cities. I enjoy the city. I like going to the city. I like the energy there. I like the convenience. But I live out in the country, and I, do, and I live out here for a reason. Because I know what they're trying to do. And I can see where they could come out here and just say, yeah, we're not going to insure your place. We're not going to come help you if something goes down. You're too far from a hospital. We're not going to send ambulances out there. There's lots of different ways that they can try to force you into moving. Do not play their game. Remember this term, manage retreat. You're going to hear it a lot. You're going to start hearing it more, and it is all tied into the climate, quote, crisis. And even if you believe that there's climate change or global warming or whatever they're calling it today, if you believe in free will, free choice, individual liberties, and that you are the arbiter of your own life and can make your own decisions. You don't need a daddy or a mommy government telling you what is and what isn't a crisis, what is and isn't good for you. You too should stand up to this because they're coming for you as well. All right, well, I appreciate your time today. Managed retreat. Look it up. It's a real thing, and it's coming hard and fast. Email me, downtherh at protonmail.com, downtherh at protonmail.com. Brandon and I will be back on Sunday with a, another episode, and we'll look forward to that. In the meantime, everybody have a great week. My name is Big D, and it's been a pleasure. I'll see you later.